Hi, everyone, and welcome to New Money, where we talk to movers and shakers about how they made it. I'm your host, Rosemarie Miller, and I have the pleasure of speaking with luxury shoe designer Sophia Webster. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you wrote this beautiful, emphasis on beautiful book. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love your shoes. Yeah. What inspired you to write this book at this time in your life? Um, well, I didn't set out to write a book. Um, I had set myself a challenge uh, on New Year's Eve 2020 to sketch a shoe a day from my archive. Um, because the pace of fashion is very fast, you know, it's there's a real thirst for newness, it's one season to the next, and I um, have an art background, I didn't come into fashion, I didn't grow up loving fashion, it was more art, and I sort of fell into shoes, so for me, my shoes are like little works of art, and I approach them as I would a paint, a, you know, a piece of art, so um, sketching, a sh sketching each shoe a day was like a I started as a bit of a mindfulness challenge, um, but as I, as I was going and drawing these shoes, different memories just kept coming to me, memories of inspiration, stories behind the shoes, you know, just the experience of being a young entrepreneur and the, the roller coaster of what that is. Um, yeah, all these memories just started popping up and it was almost like putting a bit of a jigsaw together and I guess that book is like the whole picture of of, of um, my journey. Yeah. And before we get into that roller coaster, because I am curious, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about you sketching these shoes. I saw the sketches. You have it somewhere. Yeah, it's like a pull out. It's uh, yeah. There's three hundred and sixty five. Three hundred and sixty five. Sophia, you would wake up at midnight, you would just wake up and go sketch shoes. Could yeah. you talk about that? <laughs> um, so the the realities of like running a business um, takes you quite far away from the, like I, sorry, let me start that again. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I started in art. So yeah. the designing part for me is my favorite part of the process. But the realities of running a business almost takes you away from that a lot so for me it was finding time each day to get back to the part that I like really love which mm -hmm. is the um, you know the sketching and the creative part so it was meant to be a, a, a chat an enjoyable chat enjoyable challenge mm -hmm. um, but obviously I, I have four children so was <laughs> finding like an hour a day and it was in during lockdown as well so it was homeschooling you know different bits and bobs so um, sometimes I would fall asleep putting my um, I had twin toddlers at the time, putting the twins to bed, and then I would wake up at like 10 p.m. having fallen asleep at bedtime and had to start furiously sketching yeah. this this shoe because the rule was I had to post by midnight. So I set up a private Instagram account um, so my friends and family could like track my progress and also so um, I couldn't cheat because there's people, you know, I had to yeah. post this sketch by, by midnight. So, yeah, I mean, it was... It was a bit of sort of like a daily dose of like midnight madness, I say, but um, it was a really great thing to kind of go back through my archive and really take a pause and see how far I'd come yeah. and how far the brand had, had, had come. So tell us how far you've come. Give us an overview of your background. Okay. Um, so as a child, I was very creative. Um, I loved art. I 
if I a, a lot of the other subjects at school I'd find them a bit boring I would be a daydreamer <laughs> you know when I was in high school I used to go and hide in the art room <laughs> because I didn't like my other subjects um so it was always art and dancing I loved dancing as well I was a um a disco dancer um for many years a competitive freestyle disco dancer I actually went to Len Goodman's dance school you know the um he sadly passed away early this year he was the head judge of um yes. dancing with the stars yes. so his dance school was near where I live so I went to his so he was my dance teacher it was before he was famous but mm -hmm. it was an amazing dance school to go to and um I did lots of different um dancing competitions all around the country um but that particular type of dance is the costumes that you wear are very embellished there's sequins sparkles you know you have to stand out on the dance floor so we're always thinking about what colour do I want my dancing costume to be? And so from very young age, I was very aware of um, details and thinking about ways to combine colours to make them stand out. Mm -hmm. So I think that definitely had an impact on is, me. Is this like a high, in hindsight thing? Like you realise now, they're like, you know, I've always kind of been this way. Or yeah. did you know it then? Um, I think I, I, I knew then that I was... I really wanted to follow a creative path. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I had a lot of jobs as a teenager. Um, you know, I did I did like tele sales, you know, like selling double glazing <laughs> on the phone. And I used to work on like the shop floor of, um, you know, uh, I worked in a shoe shop. I used to waitress at Indian weddings. Um, I did lots of different jobs and I knew that I really wanted to have a job that I enjoyed and I got a lot out of, you know, in my future. Like that was my goal, was to um, go into something creative because that everything else kind of, I, I would get distracted or get bored easily and yeah. that was the one thing that kept my focus was, was being able to be creative. So um, that was definitely the path that I knew I had to to follow. So you knew it had to be something creative, but you weren't quite sure what it was. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure what it was. And then when I, um, when it came to finishing high school and having to choose a, a course at college, I, I knew I loved sculpture and I thought what I wanted to do was um, like special effects makeup because I liked, you know, it's just been Halloween here and I used to love like, <laughs> do, you know, like, doing um, prosthetics and cuts yeah. and different things on people and I thought that would be quite exciting thing mm -hmm. to be part of like creating that kind of drama for the screen mm -hmm. and um, but I applied to that course and I didn't get in um, and so I was like well what you know what now like that was my that was my plan right and um, but my you know my dad always taught us like not to you need to like take knockbacks on the chin and you know you win some, you lose some. He was that sort of person. He was like, you know, get mm -hmm. get on with it. Like, you know, that I, was sort of what he was like. I so that. I started to realize in life, like sometimes closed doors are a blessing. Yes, definitely, <laughs> mm -hmm. definitely. I definitely see rejection as um, an opportunity to to like recalibrate, I guess, and reconfigure your goals, and mm -hmm. also a test of resilience to see what it is you actually really want to do. You know, that is a real test of resilience when you get a no or you've a closed door. Mm -hmm. um, so, so my dad was not was never very. He didn't have a career plan. He was like a real wild card. So, he worked in um, like betting shops for a long time. I don't know if you 
it's the same here, but it's like horse racing and people would go and place bets and different things. And then, then he was a delivery driver. Um, so he didn't really have um, career goals, let's say. He just um, kind of just rolled with the punches a bit. He was a DJ at the weekend, so he loved music. Like music yeah. was his real passion. The, he's the, got the biggest record collection that I've ever seen in my entire life. And he, um, that was what he got a lot of passion out of. So he would DJ at the weekends. Um, but my mum was a teacher. So mm. from my mum, I really saw like a real work ethic. And I saw her go through the ranks at, at school. She, when I was young, she was an English teacher. And then I saw her go to being like a head of English, a deputy head. And she used to she really um, set her goals and set her sights on what she wanted and just relentlessly kind of went for it. Um, and when she was applying for headship roles, she she went for lots of positions that she didn't get. And um, it was really great to see her get knockbacks. And, you know, she was like, you know what, so sometimes your face doesn't fit, but you have to keep, you have to keep going, you know, you have mm -hmm. to try again. And then, um, eventually she went for a headship that she that she got and it was it was actually the perfect school for her because it had an like an art specialism so it was dancing and acting and that's what my mum really loves mm -hmm. um and when she went for that interview I remember the night before I was like what are you gonna wear and she was like oh I don't know but I know I'm gonna wear my leopard print pumps <laughs> because if I get this job I'm gonna get it being 100% me yeah. and I was like that you know that for me was was magic because it was like she taught me that you have to go into things being 100% authentic, like mm -hmm. yourself, and just don't be afraid to, to fail, you know, yeah. just go for it. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I don't know if I answered no, the question. No, you answered it. I'm yeah. just thinking right now, I know your mom is so proud. You're on Forbes <laughs> and you're giving her your sh her shout out, like, okay, mama, okay. <laughs> But I, I want to know some of the challenges you yeah. had to face. You talked about it being a roller coaster, being yeah. a young entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. What are some of the challenges you faced and how did you overcome them? Um, I think even right back at college, I had a lot of challenges. So I went to um, the London College of Fashion. So I didn't, like I said, I didn't get into the um, special effects makeup course. And right. then what I did was I did a year's foundation course. So it's a course where you do a year in art and you work out which direction it is that you want to go to. Mm -hmm. But I applied for two other colleges and I didn't get accepted into either of them. So I ended up going to this co co uh, college in South London called Camberwell College. Um, and it was a great place to go because what it did was one day we were there we had a life drawing class and I just found myself really focused on the shoes because it was life drawing with a fashion model so she was changing outfits and we had to do really quick sketches mm. and I was just like so focused on the shoes and I really got a lot of enjoyment out of drawing these shoes yeah. um, and one of my tutors there said oh you know there's a there's a college in East London where you can learn how to make shoes it's called Cordwainers College so straight away I knew that that's where I wanted to apply um, and I did a degree there at London College of Fashion in footwear um, but on that degree you know there's I think in fashion in general and there's a lot of people that want to tell you like how hard things are to mm -hmm. do you know and how um, there's a lot of like jaded hierarchies and and doors you know to, mm -hmm. that you have to get past and I knew that I wanted to have my own shoe brand I just knew it, I believed it, I knew it, that was just my my goal. 
and um, I remember in my final year the you could in your final year you could do whatever you wanted to do it was the first time we actually got our opportunity to design our own shoes mm-hmm. um, so I my collection was a red carpet collection that was the theme so it was lots of crystals satins you know really like sparkly embellishments that would flash with the red on a red carpet and um I remember as part of the coursework you had to do like a customer profile so age where they live what do they like and my customer profile was Beyonce (laughs) and my tutor was like just looked at me she was like exasperated with me because you know I was a debt obviously I was like a bit of a dreamer but she was like come on Sophia like you need to live in the real world um but I just had this unwavering belief that Beyonce was going to wear my shoes and yeah. somehow, some way, I was going to make it happen, you know. And, yeah. like, here we are and Beyonce has worn my shoes, you know. So mm-hmm. it's like there's a lot of people that are that will offer you up, um, you know, advice, let's say. But even you have to just believe in yourself. Like, you know, really, you you don't need their approval. Like, the only person who has to believe in you is you. And that's sort of what I learned at college. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. To be the <laughs> only one believing in you. Yeah. Especially at a young age. Yeah, I know. How did you manage that? Um, I, I don't know. I think I... I think I'm... Um, naturally quite a resilient person you know I grew up surrounded by strong women my, my grandma was a, a refugee like I said my mum was you know I saw my mum really have like real uh, aspirational career goals and an amazing work ethic mm-hmm. um, and my nan my nanny Peggy she was an amazing lady she um, she like suffered so so much like heartbreak and such sadness in her life and she still sort of got up every day and her style was so fantastic that was she was like pure glam she really inspired that in me like she had fluffy slippers and she would put her makeup on even she was like peeling potatoes you know she wouldn't answer the door until she'd put her you know drawn her eyebrows on (laughs) she was she was like pure glam every Christmas day she would wear this glitter suit and my you know my dad would joke that you have to hoover up after every (laughs) boxing day so um yeah I feel very um lucky that I grew up surrounded by really resilient strong women so that Mm -hmm. was kind of instilled in me from a young age um wait wait so stop right there I want to go back to when you said you believed you just knew it. You knew that going to the shoe school was what you wanted to do, a school yeah. that would help you design shoes. You knew that's what you wanted to do. Yeah. How did you, what was the feeling, what was the difference in the feeling of knowing that that's what you wanted to do versus when you, we thought you knew that special effects makeup yeah. was what you wanted to do because, I don't know, there are a lot of people out here kind of wandering aimlessly or thinking, maybe I should be doing this but you knew yeah that this was the thing this makes sense yeah that makes sense yeah um I think it's like just a gut feeling you know and obviously a lot of my shoes are butterfly (laughs) details but it really was I really it really gave me butterflies like thinking about having shoes as my career and doing that and strangely enough it was in the same prospectus um the makeup course and the shoe course at at London College of Fashion and I did always used to just fall on that page sometimes I think oh you know that that could but yeah and then 
once I'd started drawing shoes and then I would go into the workshop and I would do some like carvings that almost looked like heels and I just yeah I don't know I went to the library at school and I would just research all different shoe designers I just was like a dog with a bone like once I've got it in my head that I want to do something that was it I was like learning all about shoes and different shoe designers and I found this one um shoe designer who did these amazing sketches he was called um he's called Edmundo Castillo and at the time he was the creative director for Sergio Rossi Mm. and I would go on their website and look at his sketches and they were just so incredible the way he would draw a shoe was like complete confidence you know the lines everything was and that but that's when I was like right I want to be that good I want to be able to draw a shoe that good and then from that day I just drew shoes every day I just wanted to I wanted it to be like second nature you know and is that the first time in your life you ever wanted to be that good at something Yeah, I think so. Yeah, wow. I do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You're inspiring me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia, when was the moment that you knew I made it? Um, I think there's probably different moments in different ways. Like, obviously, it's absolutely amazing to see celebrities and superstars like wearing something that I've designed and knowing that their foot is like touching my name that is really kind of mind-blowing to me so I've been very fortunate that I've had some really amazing celebrity moments and probably my biggest moment is um Oprah wearing a, a pair of my cocoa pumps for her historic me too speech like that was a real moment um in history and to be a tiny part of that was super special um, but having said that, I would also say seeing my customers in the street, spotting someone on the train or in a restaurant wearing my shoes, that's really special because, you know, I design them to, to make people smile when they wear them, when they open them. And then when I see women wearing them, that really makes me smile. So it feels like a bit of a full circle moment. Mm-hmm. And then I would also say back at the beginning, just the first time I saw my shoes in store or online that was there was a moment actually um it for my very first collection um because I used to do silver service waitressing and when in the evenings after college and I did an event at um Stella McCartney's first I think it was the first birthday of her store opening and I remember like walking around with a plate of canapes and just following like Stella McCartney mm-hmm. around this party and thinking I want to have this one day you know I want to have my own brand and my own store this would be amazing and it didn't even dawn on me that like well her dad's one in the Beatles and your dad's like a delivery driver <laughs> yeah. that didn't I don't think like I like I said um some people would sound a bit delusional and mm-hmm. a bit you know like I have these like crazy dreams and that but that for me I was like, I'm gonna, I'm really, gonna, I'm gonna do this, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, the first season I sold to Netta Porter, and I remember when the shoes landed online, I couldn't wait to like scroll through the list of designers. Mm-hmm. And then I saw myself there next to Stella McCartney, and I was like, wow, you know, that for me was a moment. I was like, wow, so if you, like, you know, you actually did it, you know, mm-hmm. but that was right at the start. Obviously, that was, you know, I got there, and then there's still lots more to do. It's very there's a lot of ups and downs of running a business but that moment for me then it was like you know you went from 
waitressing at her party to being, you know, um, side by side on a store in a store. So that was a bit. That was a very proud moment for me. Well, let's get into the money. How did you learn how to manage your money? Um, well, being a startup, the money just, you, you put it back into the business, you know? So for a long time, we would do that. And when I say we, it's me and my husband, so it's our company. And um, for a long time, we, you know, every penny would go back into the company and we wouldn't pay ourselves very much. We, we didn't pay ourselves at all in the first few years. So mm. it's, um, it's definitely been a real journey for us. Um, and going from a startup to then being a more established brand, you know, at mm -hmm. every stage there's, there's different obstacles and there's different challenges. It doesn't really matter how much money you have or when you get investment and things like that. It's just, you just have the next set of like challenges. So mm -hmm. it's really a, a sort of a journey, I would say. Mm -hmm. Well, who taught you this? How did you learn that this is the way that this has to be? I don't know if anyone actually taught me. I do. I like we we were definitely winging it for a really long time, mm -hmm. and it's only really now that I've been doing it for a decade. You know, this year is my tenth year. It's the tenth anniversary of the brand mm -hmm. that I can actually sit here with any sort of wisdom. I would say and mm -hmm. say, well, you know, well, this is what I did. You know, this is how I did it. I don't know whether it's like a the best framework for <laughs> anyone else, but you 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 kind of have to just take one step at a time and. My business has grown with me. So when I started it, I was, you know, I started it with my then boy, it was my, you know, he was my boyfriend then. Then we got engaged, then we got married, then I added in a bridal line, you know, then I had my first baby girl, then I added in mini shoes, you know, and it's kind of the brand and the product categories and the growth has, has gone hand in hand with my life. It's been very sort of organic and, mm it's been about making sense of that as we go along. Okay, so what's the biggest money mistake you've made and what are some lessons you've learned from it? Um, I don't know if it was necessarily a mistake, but um, I think having, um, we, you know, we opened up a couple of our own stores and I had, when I opened a store, it was on Mount Street, which is an amazing shopping street in um, Mayfair. And it was amazing to have you know my own little piece of that of that road with one of the most um, exclusive postcodes in London that was really incredible and I love that store and I put so much of myself into the decor and everything mm. and then there's so much there's so many things that you just can't predict happening and then when Covid happened you know I've got a store in the most expensive postcode <laughs> in London that absolutely nobody can go inside you know right. so there's definitely been some things that may have like started out as really amazing opportunities and then throughout three things that you can't control have turned into real um you know a real drain on the on the business so we were very lucky that our our lease came came up with that and we managed to get out of that because we just didn't know how long that scenario was gonna was gonna last and and as a business um creating you know primarily high heels and event shoes mm -hmm. that was that was quite frightening and that's why I almost pivoted a bit then as well and started doing you know I do a lot of boots a lot of different categories we do trainers you know there's that for me was a, 
a point where we really had to adapt and sort of look around. And I'm so glad that I did that because even now, post-COVID, women aren't wearing shoes in the same way. So it was almost like we sort of saw that happening and where we're quite a small business, or we were able to react and be very agile in in that time. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your biggest investments, if you don't mind me asking? So my biggest investment personally would be our house. And for me and my husband, you know, we weren't we weren't born with silver spoons in our mouths. So to be able to create a business and then uh, we took an investment and then we, we, we bought our house, that for us was was a really incredible moment because um, we have a big family, you know, um, like I said, between us we have five kids, I have a 17 year old stepson and then a nine year old daughter, five year old twin girls and a one year old. So for us to have home and that's ours, that's my little piece of London, you know, yeah. that for me is incredible. And then like I said, we're growing our company. So when you're growing a company, you, you have to keep reinvesting in that company. So mm-hmm. a lot of the money goes back into the company to grow it. You know, I'm curious, your shoe is in major stores like Saks. How did that happen? Um, so for my first collection in 2013, I applied to the British Fashion Council for, they offer a scheme called New Gen Sponsorship. So if you're a young designer, you can go to them and they will give you a small amount of funding and you get a slot at London Fashion Week. So I would try and put on these most um, immersive presentations at London Fashion Week where I really would have opportunity to um, show showcase my world and the world that I would em- envisage my shoes and my designs living in and you know it presentations are great because they slot them in between the shows and location wise you choose a venue that might be en route from one show to the next and then you'll have press and buyers and different people coming to your presentation um so yeah I was, i'm quite thankful to the british fashion council because that gave that really gave me a platform for press buyers stylists you know it was it was then that um uh, Rihanna's stylist got in touch with me after after that very first show mm-hmm. and said, "Oh, can I?" It, it was and the pair of shoes was called Riri, so it was like <laughs> I named them that. It was like I was, <laughs> you know, manifesting that she was going to wear them. And they, um, her stylist Abigail, contacted me and actually asked for a pair yeah. um, if we could send a pair to Rihanna while she was in London. So, which of course I was like, "Oh my God, yes, of course." Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, that was was a great platform because it gave me real um, exposure to lots of different buyers that were in town for for Fashion Week. So what three pieces of advice do you have for young up-and-coming designers? So my my number one bit of advice would be to to a student wanting to forge a career in fashion would be to get as much experience as you can, um, to get out there, and um, if you don't, if you know what you want and you know where, where you want to get to, but you don't know how to get there, then mm-hmm. you need proximity. You need to be in the room with um, somebody that is doing what you want to do and be near them, even if it's just making tea, like the amount of cups of tea <laughs> I've made from people. Um, but then you make a cup of tea and then you might have a conversation. It's like, oh, I really mm-hmm. like, you know, I really actually wanted 
I'm in this department, but I would love to be in that department. And that's how you um, can can progress. Just you know, be in there. Just mm-hmm. be in there. Mm-hmm. And I used to, the very first placement I had was with a designer called uh, Georgina Goodman, and she designed the shoes for Alexander McQueen. Yeah. And I was completely in awe of her. And I used to go home at the weekends and just draw so many shoes and I used to give her these piles of drawings even though I wasn't in the design I wasn't interning in the design department Mm -hmm. but I would just give her these drawings and be like George if you have 10 minutes please can you have a look and just you know I wanted to learn how to create a great shoe and she was very generous with her time you know people are generous if you if if you really eager to learn and mm-hmm. you know and she would say to me Sophia you're doing what every student does you're designing 10 shoes in one simplify it pair it back you know mm-hmm. and and she would actually give me great advice she'd be like take that one shoe and design 10 shoes out of that one shoe and that was really good advice because from a, from really early on I was understanding um, that you don't need to go crazy and throw everything at a shoe you know yeah. you can there's there has to be a balance um, and I think Probably the other pieces of advice that I would say. Oh, that was like two oh, right there. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, okay. Um, every every competition that would come up at college, because lots of brands come to the come to fashion colleges, you know, um, with bursaries or competitions that you can enter, and I entered absolutely everything. I entered everything. I just wanted to get my name out there. I wanted mm-hmm. people to see what I could do. And I entered a competition that was, um, the prize was you got to design your own collection for a high, uh, high it's a UK high street company called River Island. And mm-hmm. I grew up loving River Island. I was, you know, that was the high, I was high street girl. So to be able to design my own collection for them was just incredible. Um, and I went on to win that bursary. And then when I was there, that was just invaluable learning because I learned how I was already interning at the time with a luxury designer, mm-hmm. luxury shoe designer. So I was seeing from their perspective um, the the real craftsmanship and you know the detail of that real elevated um, part of the market. But then also at River Island, I was learning how every stitch, every every single component and technique has an impact on the costing of a Mm. shoe so I had a really wide um, breadth of like experience that I had learned and that was whilst I was at college so Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to start early and get yourself out there getting that experience and then my third bit of advice would be to not DM or email you know you need to pick up the phone (laughs) Every Gen Z <laughs> needs to hear that. I just read something the other day, like people are having a hard time getting like what the consensus or something because yeah. we won't pick up the phone. But right. no, yeah, go yeah, ahead, yeah. go ahead. Because <laughs> um, w- when I did my collection for River Island, I really wanted it to be in Grazia. Mm-hmm. Like that magazine was where I wanted it to be because it's a really good magazine that sort of spans. Uh, designer high street and my mom used to love that magazine mm-hmm. she always bought it so I really wanted to be in Grazia and I just rung up the um, the you know switchboard and mm-hmm. I, I found out who was the junior features editor and I rang up and asked to speak to her and then 
it was kind of out of my comfort zone to do that but I think you really have to push yourself out of your comfort zone and have that um, very personal interaction and and take the opportunity to explain about yourself explain what you do and and I I got her on the phone and I told her all about my collection and what I'd done at college and I'd won this bursary and this collection's going to be in stores like nationwide. I'm so excited about it. And then I had an amazing piece in Grazia, you know, from that one phone call. So you really have to make yourself vulnerable and and put yourself out there and talk to people and be or be your authentic self and cuz DMs and emails are the easiest things to to ignore. You know, you don't mm-hmm. even have to open it. Yes, you know. That's true. Well, what's next for Sophia Webster, the designer <laughs> and Sophia Webster person? So I think what's next for the brand is to um, expand our handbags category because we've been mm-hmm. seeing some great success with that. And I really love um, doing other categories beyond shoes. You know, mm-hmm. I do mini shoes, I do a bridal range, I do handbags now. And um, that's really exciting. Um, exciting to see people use my products in different ways. And even mm-hmm. for me as well, because with ham and as a retailer as well with handbags, you don't have the same problems with like sizing and things yeah. like that. So, so that's great. Um, and... I love collaborating as well. I'd love to do more collaborations. That's one of my favorite things to do. I've been able to collaborate with some amazing brands over the years from J Crew to Puma. You know, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed doing a sportswear collaboration yeah. with Puma that I did for two years. That was really fun. So I want to expand my sneakers categories um, and do some more really fun collaborations as well. I just recently did one with LOL dolls. I do you have them here in the in the US? LOL dolls. LOL. That that sounds familiar. Yeah, sounds I think familiar. I think I think you probably do. They're really cute. So I did. They're like really cute little sassy um, dolls that come in balls. Um, so I did a collaboration with with them, which was so cute. Especially I've got three daughters, yeah. so that went down really well at home. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to do some more. I'd love to do like a collaboration with like a celebrity or something. I'd love to do one with Mariah Carey, you know, like the Queen of Butterflies. Speak it into existence, <laughs> hey. Um, yeah. And, and what's just, next for Sophia the person? So for me personally, I just gonna keep I just wanna keep doing what I'm doing and enjoying yeah. making and designing shoes and this book has been a, a great way to like just wrap up the last 10 years and really get some perspective on all of that and it's made me really excited for the next 10 you know because mm-hmm. even though we've come this far I, I still feel like I'm just getting started so yeah I'm excited for the future well thank you so much for joining me today Sophia thank you for having me absolutely <laughs>